Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It is another edition of Philly Sedam. Your host, James Seltzer. It is Tuesday, April the 28th. As uh, we continue to grind along, continue to... Find our way through this. Hopefully things appearing to potentially be getting better, but, um, you know, who knows? We will see as uh, uh, just continue to stay safe, stay healthy, and do what you can to limit your interactions and all that good stuff. All right, let's uh, let's dive in. Uh, coming up tomorrow, we will get back into some Mount Rushmore's. I did forget a crucial Mount Rushmore that needed to be done. That's on me. We'll do that tomorrow as well as some other fun with Mount Rushmore's later in the week and continue to, to play with that theme. But yesterday, um, we did a kind of a, a clerical dive into the Jeff Pass and 20 questions about the return of baseball. The headline from that really that, quote unquote, there will be baseball in 2020, at least according to the people involved. And I wanted to dive into some of the logistics of it and, and kind of fan it out a little bit today and um obviously it's the most important thing on all of our minds from a sports perspective is when will sports come back how will they come back and baseball as alluded to in that pass and piece has a real chance to be the first sport back and um there were just a lot of pieces to that article and kind of we were just going through it bit by bit and i wanted to stop on some of those things and, and kind of take a broader look i wanted to start just by talking about some of the logistics of the whole thing. First and foremost, as Passon alluded to, there is a couple options, more than a couple, but certainly a couple that were detailed in that article, a couple options on how this could play out from a logistical standpoint in terms of what kind of season we could see. And for what it's worth in terms of, look, we again, just as a... a caveat going into discussing any of this type of stuff we really have no idea what or how this could happen look the country could get opened back up and and there could be you know we did it too quick and there's a second wave and this and that. i mean there's so many factors to this that can't really be encapsulated in this discussion because we don't have the answers like it is a fluid situation we don't know like that's the the overarching theme to all of this is that we don't know 
And then it's all a guess and it's all a hypothetical and it's all hope and it's all whatever. Um, but with that in mind, let, let's dive into some of the stuff that was talked about and the logistical feasibility of certain things and what makes the most sense versus what doesn't and, and also how that impacts kind of the teams and the players and all that. So let's start with the, at least what pass and outline is like the two most likely potential scenarios. First and foremost, that they can get in a, a hundred game type season, 80 to a hundred games that it looks like the quarantine-ish type of idea, at least some sort of thing where all the teams are in one city or three cities or whatever is going to be the format that is going to end up being used. Certainly, I think um, the idea of multiple cities makes a lot of sense. The idea of not having to have everyone in one place. Let's start with the quarantine idea itself and, and some of the issues that that's raised, and then we'll get into the, the specific 80 to 100 game season, the tournament idea and all that. But first, um, I think that what we're seeing here is a lot of pushback between players and owners, owners and players, players and players and whatnot. That was something interesting in the past article that he talked about, the idea that, you know, while certain players like Mike Trout and Clayton Kershaw voiced their displeasure of the idea of quarantining, there are other players who are saying, now I'll go wherever. Let's go play baseball. I'm good. Let me get paid. Let me do my thing. Um, so I do think that on a, on a most basic level, the most clear, obvious way for baseball to come back is the initial idea that was floated. The idea of the quarantine, the idea that Mike Trout fought bad again, back against the idea of putting everyone in one place and quarantining them and saying, all right, for the next three months, you're going to live at this hotel. You're going to go play baseball. You're going to go home. You're not going to interact with people you don't need to interact with and so on and so forth. And um, look, I think that that's the, the smartest way to do it. Ultimately, um, if we're just, and look for me, when I'm looking at this and, and there are a lot of other factors that we'll get into, obviously as Mike Trout alluded to his wife's pregnant. I mean, there are real life things that are a part of it, family issues, all that type of stuff. But on a most basic level, the most important thing to me is how can baseball happen while keeping everyone involved safe? and healthy. That, that's my number one priority, right? Is, is keep the players and the coaches and the TV people and uh, whoever is involved in this safe and healthy. That's number one. And I don't think there's any question that a, a quarantine idea of some sort is, is the safest way to do it. I mean, it just is, it's, it's what it is. Um, so I am one who would support that type of idea. As I've said many times on this show, as you know, the idea that Whatever it takes for me to have baseball, I want. You know, and it's obviously it's a selfish way of looking at it, but at the same time, like I do think that from a a country perspective, from a a getting back to what we do perspective, I do think that sports are a big part of that. You know, it is a big part of creating normalcy, of getting back to what we do on a daily basis, how we live our lives. That having sports back will be a, a big symbol of that. And again, all under the umbrella of doing it safely and, and in a, a healthy way and all that type of stuff, keeping people healthy type of way. Um, but I think the quarantine idea makes the most sense. Now, as we've discussed, as Mike Trout discussed, that there are certain players who are going to have issues with that, that, um, you know, there there's, you don't want to be away from your family for that long. You don't want to be able to just go see. Now the one issue I had with Trout, and we talked about at the time was that he said, you know, you can't expect us to just go 
to the, play a game and then go back to our hotel and stay there. And I think that that is, is a little, it rings a little hollow because, look, that's what everyone's doing. And I know it's not your house. I know it's a hotel, but it, come on. It's going to be a nice hotel with amenities. They're going to be able to go to the pool. They're going to be able to do this. They're going to be able to do that. It's not like it's you're going home and you're sitting in your hotel room the whole night. Like, that's not the way it would work. And I think Mike Trout knows that. But regardless, I think the bigger issue is the idea of leaving their families for three-plus months, the idea of... Um, when there are certain life things happening that they can't be a part of it. And that's something that, that I think is a really understandable issue. Um, I would never tell Mike Trout not to be there for the birth of his first kid. Obviously, I think that's, that he should be there for the birth of his first kid. And I would say that whether it was a normal season or not a normal season, the situation we're in. But at the same time, I do think that you can't look at some specific examples when you have to look at the whole. And I think this is something where it's really going to be the players union having to really talk this out and really get its members to get kind of a, a, a feel for it. Because we've heard from the Mike Trouts, the Clayton Kershaws, the Zach Wheelers, the guys who have specific reasons, aka children on the way, um, for why they wouldn't be a fan of this type of, of scenario. But if it's something where 95% of the players do want to do it or whatever it takes to get out there and play baseball, then that's going to create an issue. I mean, that's going to create a problem within the union themselves. So I think that's something that's going to have to be addressed. And again, I do think that it's something where um, ultimately, if you are the players and there's this type of money at stake and your, your season at stake and all that, I do think there are a lot of players who are going to want to say, Hey, uh, you know, I'll see my family in a few months. I'll go play. I think that the best way that this could be solved, if that is the route they're going to take, um, is the idea that, look, I think that players, it'll have to be one of those things where it is okay for a player to leave when their wife is giving birth and to take a two-week quarantine and then go back to work. I mean, I think that's something that could be a part of as well. Now, I understand if you're Mike Trout, you don't want to leave your newborn baby for the months after they're born, if you're home for two weeks and then you come back and you quarantine, whatever, like, uh, look, I get it's not ideal. And we're not even talking about the testing, the ability to test and all that, because that's a whole separate logistical issue of it. But this is all based on the caveat that they would be able to test everyone on a consistent basis. There are enough tests, all that type of stuff. Um, but I do think that that if they can figure it out, I think that, that ultimately, and again, it's going to come down to what the Players Union wants to do, but I think that ultimately the most logical best way of doing this is to have some form of quarantine where the players are all in one place and interacting with only the same people every day and that there's consistent testing going on now i do think that ultimately if the players are able to quarantine with their families in a certain place that that is something they're all going to be pushing and obviously the specific cases of the people who have children on the way or have reasons like that for doing it is going to um, kind of supersede other people's reasons. But I do think that that for those people and for other people who have whatever reasons or whatever, I do think that that is something that Major League Baseball should try and achieve if at all possible. Um, so the idea of the three-city thing where it could be Texas and Arizona and Florida or something like that where these players will essentially be quarantining but on a smaller scale where their families can be there with them or whatever i think is the next best thing right like the quarantine alone idea is the best in terms of just doing it safely in terms of 
being able to have a season, I think that's the number one plan. It just is. And, and I understand that there are a lot of logistical issues with that, familial issues with that, all that. But the best plan is that. The second best plan would be to, to specify it to three cities or whatever. And again, as Passon pointed out in that article, it is something where, where all of a sudden travel and all that, that becomes a big thing where all of a sudden whoever you're placed with and whatever your city in, if you're, if you're one of the teams in Arizona, then it makes a big freaking deal what other teams are in Arizona because those are the teams you're going to be playing. They're not going to go out of their way to travel all over the place to play other teams. So all of a sudden, you know, if you're the Phillies and you get placed in a, a let's say it's Florida, you know, because it's they're going to do it by spring training sites or whatever, then all of a sudden the other teams that are placed in Florida, the Yankees, the Pirates, this, that, whoever it is, um, it is a much bigger deal in terms of how the season will play out based on your competition. So that's a really interesting sub aspect of it all is kind of where you're placed and who you're with. But I do think the three city or two city or whatever they want to do thing can work. Um, and again, I do think the idea of quarantining with families is at least in my opinion, doable and hopefully um, possible because that does seem to be a pretty big stumbling block for a lot of these players. Um, but let's say that is possible and that they can do it in three cities or whatever. I do think that that is something that could work. And I think that that, that kind of leads us to the next step in the logistics is, is how would it all play out from a, you know, who's it better for, who's it not better for perspective. And I do think that that's kind of a really interesting angle to this is, you know, you go into the season, we're talking about the Phillies prior to all this going down. We're talking about how do the Phillies stack up in the NL East? You know, wow, this is a, a tough division. The Braves, the Nats, the Mets are all good teams. The Phillies are in a spot where, you know, unlike, let's say, I don't know, the Cleveland Indians and Minnesota Twins, who are in a division with the Tigers, the Royals, you know, teams that are not good, bad baseball teams, the White Sox, who hopefully, you know, in their mind will be good, but are still young and, and on the come, as it were, um, that all of a sudden the Phillies could be quote-unquote, in a division with a bunch of different teams. So I do think that however it plays out, I think it's good for the Phillies. Like, I don't I don't think that you could be in a much harder division. You can. I mean, if we're just talking strictly divisions, I think the NL Central and the NL East are easily the two most competitive best divisions in baseball, and I think the NL East is the best. I think it is the has the, the highest-end teams, and all four teams are good. I mean, they're four, and even the Marlins are a frisky bad team. You know, the Tigers are a train wreck of a team. The Royals are a train wreck of a team. They're in the same division. And those are bad, flat-out bad baseball teams. The Marlins are bad, but the Marlins are at least a little frisky, certainly when they play the Phillies, right? Um, So I do think that there is the potential for um, the Phillies to be one of the the teams that benefits from however this type of, of... setup goes i also think that let's get back to the um the types of of seasons we could see um the first was the idea of an 80 or 100 game season that goes into deep into november or whatever and and uh world series games and playoff games played at neutral sites and that's obviously the best case scenario you know we want whatever feels the most like a real season, right? And I think the doubleheaders thing, we'll see what they could do, but it's not like they're going to play doubleheaders every day. They're not going to get to 160 games. They're not going to get to 140 games. They're not going to get to anything in that range. It's just, it's not going to be possible unless they want to play deep into December, which as Jeff Passon pointed out, presents a whole nother 
set of issues with free agency, with the changing of teams, with getting back for spring training next year. I mean, there's so many logistic. It's logistical issue after logistical issue after logistical issue. It really is. It, it is. There's so many things to balance and weigh here. So I understand the the trepidation and the issues with it, but I think the 80 to 100 game season with some sort of potentially expanded playoffs where maybe there's a couple play-in games and then multiple series, I think is the best case scenario for us. I think that's going to be the most likely outcome or at least the one that's going to make everyone happy and also the one that when we look back on this season, we can potentially look at it as a a real season of sorts. Like, let's be real. No matter what happens, there's going to be an asterisk on this season. You know, whoever wins the quote-unquote World Series this year, the championship this year, it's going to be the most questionable championship of all. I mean, let's be real, right? I mean, on so many levels. First and foremost, um, you're playing a shortened season. Second, you're playing no home games. You know, there's no fans in the crowd. There's none of these different things. Like, you're playing all season for the best record for what? For for home field advantage. I mean, all these things that, that are just not a part of the discussion. <laughs> Stuff goes out the window. It doesn't matter anymore. So, um, I think that it... It's going to be interesting to see how we look back on this many years from now. Um, I think no matter what happens, no matter how it plays out, it's going to be some sort of an asterisk type of season. Now, a 100-game season with any sort of expanded playoffs is going to have a lot smaller asterisk than if it's just a tournament, like passing alluded to as another potential option where it could just be, you know, if it keeps getting delayed and if they can't find the right time to start or if this or that or whatever, health-wise, they can't start as soon as they would hope, whether it's the end of June or July or whatever. And again, haven't even mentioned the fact that they need some form of spring training. They need some, quote-unquote, spring training, I guess. They need some form of getting the guys up and ready to play. I mean, no one's been active. I mean, pitchers especially, you can't just go in. Their arms will blow out. You can't just go in and say, all right, go start throwing 95. Let's roll, baby. Like, that's not going to work. So um, I do think that um, if it does take longer, if there are issues, if look again, and, and to what we said at the very top of the, the show, the idea that this is all a caveat, this is all a, you know, look, we could, again, they could want to come back and then things get worse again. Like there's a second wave or whatever. We don't know. So that's all there. But, um, if they can figure out a way, um, and if it's a tournament again, like I said, I mean, that's just like the ultimate asterisk. I mean, that's. That's almost like the World Baseball Championship where you just look and say, oh, that was fun. But you're not going to say, oh, wow, the, 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 the Phillies were the World Series champions. Like, no, they were the, the champions of that tournament that was played the year that everything was super weird. And that's okay, too. Like, I would enjoy the Phillies winning anything. Don't get me wrong. But I do think that um, the best case scenario is that they can play some semblance of a season and that they can have some semblance of the playoffs. And again, even if they're at neutral sites, even if it's not what we want, what we hope, what we expect, um, I think that is all super hopeful that we can do these things. And again, it would be an asterisk, but it would at least be something that, that we feel was, was a baseball season of some sort. If they can do that 100-game thing, the, the tournament style would be less, less so, obviously. But I do think that the Phillies are one of the teams that could benefit from this type of format, whatever it is. You know, I think that when you're talking about a 162-game season, it really, really lends itself to depth, to teams like the Dodgers who can just continue to bring up guys who 
have are 25 deep and then have tons of guys in the Myers who are capable. The Phillies are not. The Phillies are thin. The Phillies are a team that has two good starters, one good reliever, and a nice lineup. And not a lot in the way of reinforcement coming from the Myers. And, and, you know, Spencer Howard, Alec Bohm, of course. But And for Spencer Howard and Alec Bohm, I mean, theoretically, if we're talking about 80-game season, all of a sudden Spencer Howard could be a part of the team all year for the most part, right? I mean, that's something where, you know, the whole innings limits thing, all that stuff, is, it goes out the window. So that is – I do think that it, when you're making a list of um, who is this better for and who is it worse for – I do think, and it good look. It's good for nobody. Let's not, yeah. Let's let's not uh, let the lead get buried there. Obviously, nobody's happy about this. This is not a good thing for anybody. But in terms of who's helped the most and the least by this potential situation of how this all plays out, I do think that the Phillies are one of the teams that would be helped more than others. Certainly more than a team like the Dodgers, who was built to withstand 162 games and then a playoff run. I think that that matters. I do think that that is something to. Keep an eye on, as it were. So I do think that the Phillies are, are set up nicely for this. Again, especially with like Howard. Spencer Howard's a perfect example of why the Phillies are set up in a nice way and that Spencer Howard was someone who was before very likely at best going to be able to impact half the Phillies season, right? I mean, he was someone who, you know, had never pitched 100 innings. You know, you're, you're not going to bring that guy up early in the year and say, hey, Spencer, all right, hop in the rotation and pitch for the rest of the year. It wasn't going to happen. They were going to be careful with him. Even if they brought him up earlier than expected, it was going to be something where he was going to come up and then go back down or a phantom injury or whatever. Spencer Howard wasn't going to be able to contribute all season long, whereas now, theoretically, Spencer Howard could be a part of the team for the entire season. I mean, that's an important thing. Plus, the Phillies, the way they're set up, are a team where an injury here or there could crush their season. Whereas the Dodgers, if they have an injury in their pitching staff, it's like, oh, Dustin May. Top 20 prospects ready to just roll in and pitch for them or whatever. The Phillies don't have that. The Phillies were thin to begin with. The Phillies didn't even have enough depth to really, whether or not it's a shortened season or not, to feel good about their bullpen and their starting rotation. You know? And then on top of that, guys like Andrew McCutcheon actually being able to ready to start the season because it's, you know, he can fully heal from the ACL and stuff. The Phillies, honestly, if you were making a list of the teams that were most aided by a offset season where it is a shorter season that will start much later than it was supposed to the Phillies would be high on the list you know they would be a team that that benefits from this so I do think that is something that we can take take um you know positivity from certainly none of this is positive but this is something where as a Phillies fan I do think that um it is a positive I think ultimately what it all comes down to is that the players and the owners are really going to have to get on the same page here that's really what it comes down to the players and the owners are going to have to figure out what is everyone okay with? What are the Phillies, excuse me, what is the what are the players okay with? I'm okay with this type of setup where, and again, I think it's the players and the players are going to have to get on the same page too because, again, as Jeff Pass alluded to in that article, there are players like Mike Trout and Clayton Kershaw who are saying, no way, I'm not doing that quarantine, man. There are other players who are like, yo, bro, I want to go make money. I need that. I'm good spending three months away from everybody so I can get paid and then go back to normal life. And that's not even talking about all the other money issues with it, as, as Pass alluded to, with how many games there are and revenue and no revenue coming from, from fans. There are just so many, as we talked about, there are so many logistical issues to this. It is a real cluster, so to speak, of, of issues that need to be ironed out. And I think first and foremost, the players need to iron out their own issues on their end. 
then the players and the owners are going to have to come together and figure out what works the best from a safety and a viability standpoint, which also, on top of that, an optic standpoint. As passing, one of the key parts of that passing article was the players and the owners don't want to look like they're squabbling over money during a national crisis where literally millions and millions and millions of people have lost their jobs. Like, that's not a good look. That's not where you want to be. So there's really a lot of hurdles to clear. This is um, not easy. You know, there's a lot of question marks, a lot of hypotheticals, a lot of this. But I do feel, I think my biggest takeaway from the Passon article and everything in it was that, and because especially because Passon, like the whole article was about the logistical issues. It was about, all right, well, they got this to deal with. They got the players and the players have to figure out. The players and the owners have to figure out. The owners have to figure out this thing. The money has to be figured out. This, what about the impact on next season? What about the impact on the off season? I mean, there's so many logistical issues that are a part of this that have a lot of, of uh, hurdles to clear, but at the same time, the, still the headline and the key point of the article was people believe that it will be figured out. As Passon said, there will be baseball in 2020. So on a basic level, after this whole discussion about logistics and this and that and the players and the other stuff, I do feel positive. I believe we will have baseball this year. And however they work it out, I will support because I understand how logistically nightmarish this must be for everyone involved. And again, it's a, a small nightmare compared to the real nightmares people are dealing with right now. So um, ultimately, I guess the big takeaway is there are a lot of logistical issues, but I think they're going to figure them out. And I think at some point we'll be sitting here talking about real deal baseball games in 2020. And how awesome does that sound? All right, tomorrow, uh, thank you for listening to me ramble on about the logistical issues of baseball in the return. But it, it is something that we all care about and we all are, are thinking about and, and hope that they can figure out. So tomorrow we'll get back to having some fun, get back to some Mount Rushmore's and continue to uh, hopefully provide some entertainment and distraction in this time where we need entertainment and distraction. So until then, thank you for listening to another edition of Phillies Today right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.